Roll humps to all my fighting camels worldwide. I'm your quarterback, Hodge Malik Williams, and you're listening to the Orange and Black Podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the Orange and Black Podcast. Today, we're going to recap Campbell's big 45-31 to 31 road victory against Monmouth over the weekend and preview all the other sports coming up for Campbell. But let's start by talking about Campbell football. And Dylan, how you doing today, man? Good, good. Glad to, glad to have the first CA win um, underneath the belt. And... Uh, I'm a. I'm already have eyes on this weekend. I think. I think we can get our second CAA win. Uh, so, but uh, this is a. This was a great, great game, and I uh, can't wait to recap it because a lot, of, a lot of things happened. Yeah. Before we get started, just remind our listeners that uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Kicking Camel Grill, located at 174 North McKinley Street in downtown Coach, right up the road from campus. You can come on over to Kicking Camel Grill. So enjoy their award-winning wings and burgers before or after any Campbell home game. Dylan, that's going to be the place to go on Saturday when Campbell welcomes Elon, looking to get their second CAA win, as you mentioned. But let's talk about this past Saturday when Campbell traveled up to New Jersey to take on the Hawks of Monmouth. And I'll be honest, going into the game, I was preparing myself for a letdown, and it looked to be that way to start the game. But then the Camels came back strong had a great comeback, and really just shut the door. It was an offensive explosion for the Camels, led by Hodge Millie Williams, and then the defense stepped up late. What did you see from the Camels on Saturday? Yeah, like you said, it was the comeback of dreams. Uh, at one point uh, in the second quarter, we were down 23-7. to You kind of got that, oh, no, this is what we're going to be facing in the CAA. Um and the kind of the CEA first year woes and the camel said not so fast as Lee Corso would say um, to the mammoth. And they came storming back um, the Hodge Malik touchdown field goal uh, to end the half, made it close to halftime. And then uh, Nakari Rogers, uh, the game of his life um, coming back, with uh, two touchdowns in the second half, Hodge Malik running the ball, and then it was just back and forth um, between Campbell and Mammoth. Uh, Campbell storming back, uh, Mammoth uh, tying it up in the fourth quarter, late in the uh, early in the fourth quarter actually, um, and then Akari Rogers um, with a running touchdown, and Chris McKay. 26 yards out at the end of the game to seal the game after um, just back and forth. You would think Mammoth was, um, was going to get down there and score and kind of just end the game or tie it up. And um, Campbell said, not so fast, got the ball back, um, took it downfield and Chris McKay running the ball with a minute 52 left to go, made it 40, 45, 31. So uh, great to see. And, um, just a, a good um, first win, uh, old big South foe, um, and we took it down for our first CAA win. 
Yep, the tides are turning for this team. It seems like talking about earlier in that game, Campbell trailed 23 to 7 with 419 left in the first half. And it was one of those moments where, hey, same old story. We've seen this in the past. But then Campbell was able to answer with a touchdown there and then be able to kick that field goal with just four seconds left in the opening half and just be able to draw closer. And then you come out right out of halftime and you score. And then from there, it's kind of a back and forth shootout. And like we talked about, the offense was able to to get that slight edge and the defense uh, stepped up late. And, you know, once again, uh, you see all facets of this Campbell team stepping up and making a big play when they need to. And that is something that we have not seen in years past. We talked about it a lot on Saturday in the pod chat that this is unlike a Campbell team that we've seen in the past. And it's awesome to see that. And it's awesome to see Hodge Malik Williams continue to be awesome and lead this team. He finished the game 16 to 25 with 184 yards and a touchdown. And he also rushed the ball nine times for 32 yards and a touchdown. Like you mentioned, Nakari Rogers, who was the CAA player of the week, just gets another big performance and he stepped up big. It didn't have to be all Hodge Malik this game whenever you have your uh, somebody else being able to step up there. He uh, had 21 attempts for 152 yards and three touchdowns, like you mentioned. And to just be able to balance that out with Chris McKay with another touchdown and Chancey Fitzgerald being able to add another touchdown to go along with eight receptions for 54 yards. Let's talk about the defense a little bit, Dylan. What stood out to you on that side of the ball? Uh, it was everybody. Everybody contributed. I mean, looking at the CJ Tillman, 10 tackles. Uh, welcome back. Um, two games now out of three with double-digit tackles. Um, he uses a tackling machine. Um, if it wasn't going up big against the Citadel, I'm pretty sure we, he would have had double-digit tackles at that game too. So um, I'll put an asterisk next to uh, next to that game. But uh, 10 tackles for him. Uh, great to see a lot of people, a lot of tackles. Uh, Ed Dennis, Trey Moore with the TFL. George Wilson, welcome to the year. Uh, TFL in a sack, like I predicted in, in the preseason, he was going to be a menace to society, um, and he was um, in this game. And he was a – I mean, he got in there, sacked McKay. Um, it was great to see, and he did that. And there was glimpses at Florida State and what they thought coming in, getting him from Florida State. He was going to be the sack guy, and – he he turned up big, and then two crucial interceptions by uh, Demarcus Harrington and Keevan ba- uh, Bailey. So um, it was great to see the defense stepping up and and getting getting all sorts of stats: TFL sacks, interceptions, pass breakups, um, quarterback hurries. So it was great that it was a stat filler on the defensive side. This is kind of the first game that the defense. Um, was a sat filler. Uh, you see the defense in, in the Citadel game, get a lot of tackles, a couple of TFLs here and there. Um, but you had TFL sacks, interceptions, you name it. it. It was a stat that the Campbell defense had. So, um, and they stepped up big uh, when Monmouth came back, tied it up. Um, I was kind of looking with one eye open um, and it, it was great that they, they stopped them. Campbell got the ball back. Mike Benner and, and Hodge Week Williams and the offense drove it down the field, touchdown, um, and then they got the ball back again and iced the game. Um, 
uh, Monmouth at, at their home turf. Um, I've been there. Um, I think it was the last big South game at Monmouth, their second to last game. Um, and that place can get loud and, um, and flying up all the way to New, New Jersey and driving to West Lawn Branch. So, um, difference, uh, than your, your Southern home cooking, you're up in the North. So, um, it's great that we come back home with win and, and, um, great that the defense showed up in this game. And, um, uh, a lot of things that, uh, coach Miller, um, said was going to happen on the coach's call or the camel camel call happened today. And I think you saw 100% full defense. I think they went from 55 to a hundred. And I think coach Miller will agree with that. Yeah, we're starting to see the complimentary football from the Camels. We knew that this offense was good, especially after that William and Mary game. We questioned the defense, but they have been able to step up when they need to. And whenever you can compliment the number five team in the nation in scoring, averaging 41.7 points per game, that ranks fifth in the nation and first in the Coastal Athletic Association. That is huge. You look at this Campbell offense and the team as a whole, you put up 45 against Monmouth, a good team that you knew what you were going to get, but they've been solid in the past. And let's be honest, they have eaten the Camels lunch in recent years when they played them as big South foes. You put up 56 on the Citadel. We talked about that last week. That was an awesome game. And then you go up against one of the top five defenses in the nation in William and Mary. They're getting all sorts of accolades and you still put up 24 points against them. And that's in your first game of the season. So you see this great offense that has been able to punch the ball in numerous times in every single game that they played. And when you compare it with even just a defense that can just give you a little bit, that's going to go a long way. And we'll see what they can do this upcoming Saturday as they welcome Elon into Barker Lane Stadium. And just a big weekend ahead. We have talked about it today, especially in the pod chat, that Campbell is getting some love nationally. In one of the polls, they're receiving some votes. Not enough love uh, in the other poll. But we also saw today, Dylan, where I know it is very early, but a early, early look at the SCS playoffs and projecting that out. And one publication had Campbell listed as a last three team in Dylan. Whenever we were in school, we were in the pioneer football league, no scholarships. We're talking receiving votes now in the national polls and a last three into the playoffs. What talk about the growth of this program and where we've come. I'll be completely honest. I don't think a lot of people were expecting this this year. We talked about the talent, but were they going to be able to put together? We've been able to see that on both sides of the ball, but just talk about the growth from the time since we were at Campbell in non-scholarship pioneer league football to now. Yeah. Like we're, we're playing teams like uh, no offense Valpaso. Um, and you can't even point that out on a map. And so granted, some near team, Notre Dame. I yeah, 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 exactly. That, they go to up to Notre Dame and they probably get a lot of chances from Notre Dame or people who want to go to Notre Dame. But besides the fact it, we were playing Valpaso Drake, like making a big rivalry out of Drake, um, Davidson, San Diego, like teams like that. And now you're moving up to the big boys of the F, uh, FCS, your, your Elons, your William and Mary's, your, your mamas, your, um, some, some teams that we, we've seen in, in the big South, your Hamptons, your, 
uh, ANTs, your New Hampshire's, like teams that are are known for FCS playoffs and making it deep into an FCS playoff. So um, the the growth is just amazing to see. Um, uh, you have to give a hand to Coach Menner uh, being there from the beginning all the way till now. Um, he had a dream, um, and he he knew that he wanted to be a top FCS school, and he made it happen. Um, changing conferences um, made that we thought was going to be a little bit harder because we were facing difficult opponents. Um, yeah, that uh, if you were going to take this Mammoth win and maybe do a uh, a bold take, I I, I highly doubt it. Um, we still have to play a lot of teams um, and a lot of teams coming up that um, like Maine and, and a lot of these teams that are going to be tough tests. Um, but this, it's good to see that this year we're going right into it. William Mary we played them hard. Um, I think a few turnovers, we would have been in that game. Um, a few turnovers taken away. Uh, Monmouth, we went right into Monmouth and came back from the depths of probably this, what we thought was going to be a very hard CEA season. And they said, not today. Um, or Lee Corsa said, not so fast. Um, and, and made it into uh, people are watching and, and the FCS polls being um, a very, very rough um, <laughs> poll to get into. Um, I think we were kind of chirping on the, on the chat, like some teams that we thought were in or thought should be in or not in. So um, I think even having that conversation is more than what we expected this year. I thought this was going to be a very hard year, um, but coach winner has turned these guys around and, and gotten them ready to go and gotten guys who have experience on that top FBS level and have brought them to this um team and 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 kind of built something built a brotherhood so i think going from the the ray millers the daniel smiths um who the guys ryan linebacker um justice Velasquez galloway um the guys who kind of have laid the stepping stones for this organization or for this team and now it's kind of built up into the hodge leaks um the Fitzgeralds, the new transfer, George Wilson, um, the Mike Edwards guys who are now the, the leaders on the team. So you, you have the stepping stones and now it's like full blown leaders that are, are ready for the challenge each day. And I, I think it, if you ask the guys who were on there, the Ray Millers, the Daniel Smiths, the, the Caleb Sneeds, the guys who were, who were there, um, when it was non-scholarship football, just gotten to scholarship football and kind of build it up, they, they would be happy where this, uh, where this team's at and where this team's going today. Yep. There's a lot of football still to be played this season, but trending in the right direction. And we heard that Mike Minner said, whenever we were in that transition phase and we were moving from pioneer football league to the big South, that he was not worried about winning. He was worried about building this program to get to this point. So now that you're at this point, it seems like this whole program, Coach Mentor and all the players are ready to win now. And we've seen that over the past two weekends. And it's going to be a big one this weekend against Elon. We were talking about it earlier that if Campbell can beat Elon, it might be the biggest matchup 
of the season as Campbell heads to right now number 18th ranked in the nation, North Carolina Central, for the following week. Of course, we want to keep our eyes on what's ahead of us, but if Campbell can win this weekend, possibly be ranked, get nudged themselves right into the edge of the top 25, you head into a ranked matchup in Durham. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a great environment to play in. Campbell has played Central in the past, so you know what you're getting. But that's it's going to be a huge two-week stretch, and we talked about that a lot today. And then you look ahead at Campbell's schedule. After Central, they go to Hampton. That's a game that you can win, a team that the Camels are familiar with. And then you have Maine, who in the past has been a good team, but they've started out the season 0-3. And, and before they even get to uh, us, they have William & Mary, who the Camels know all about, and the University of Richmond, who are a little bit down, but they have been a power in the CAA. So you're looking at another chance for a great opportunity and a big win there. And before you travel to Richmond, which will be another huge CAA opponent. And then, of course, you head to UNC um, for that game. But a big chance to win the next two games, especially on Saturday. Come out. Look, Elon will preview them in a little bit. They only average 24 points a game. Campbell's averaging 41.7 points per game. This is a great chance for this defense to come out, make their mark, shut this team down, and then have the offense do what it does. Get right as you head into a big week at North Carolina Central. But we can jump into Elon a little bit. But first, Dylan, do you have any final thoughts on this game on that this past Saturday? Yeah, it was just good. Like you said, the we just needed the defense to show up just a little bit. Um, and they and they showed up a lot. Uh, I think there's still a little bit to uh little little bits and pieces here on the defense that need to be worked on. The run defense needs to get a lot better. Um, especially if you're gonna go into it uh NC Central who uh just got off a trip to UCLA. Um, shocking enough. Um I I didn't realize that and then read the backstory about that. So um they're gonna be um on a high facing a good team, even though they um UCLA put it on them, but um they're gonna be on a high that they went to UCLA and, and played out in Los Angeles. So um they're gonna be a tough team. But yeah, we're gonna this run defense needs to get better. Um they allowed uh Jane Sheridan 31 attempts, 165 yards. Um that when you start getting into teams, they're gonna they're gonna figure that out really, really quickly and they'll change their game plan to it, it they'll just run the ball the whole entire time. So um I mean it it if you fix up the run D, you already have the pass D that's pretty, pretty good. Um and if you get the run D much better and and it's going to be a hard time for these offenses to figure out what to do against the Campbells. But right now they're kind of, everybody's focused on that run D as the, as the so-called weak, weakness, if you want to call it that. And um, they're, we got to work on that. And it was good to see like five rushing touchdowns, uh, 251 yards rushing, which is really, really good. Um, that's good to see as well. So a lot of rushing, um, this week um and it's gonna be a mixture it's gonna take a lot of these defenses in the caa and um non-conference teams coming up like they're gonna be challenged because they you saw today or saw on saturday they could run the ball for five tds and then the previous week hodge malik williams could go off um so it you're shaping up for uh, other teams, other schools to kind of be worried about 
what is Campbell going to do? Are they going to run the ball? Are they going to pass the ball? Um, is it going to be Hodge Malik? Is it going to be Hodge Malik on the feet? Like, who's going to be the running back? Is it going to be McDow- McDowell, Rogers? Like, it, it's kind of who who do we stop first? Are, are we going to put men in the box for to, for the run? Because Hodge Malik will be beat you down deep, and then once he beats you up deep, Hodge Malik can run, and he's got multitude of running backs. So, um, it was great to see this game. Um, we just kind of shut down Mammoth. Uh, Marquez McKay uh, couldn't really do much. Uh, they just run the ball a lot. And so um, it, it's great to see and uh, can't wait to uh, talk about Elon. Yep. Just a great overall win for the Camels on the road, like we touched on before. One that in the past, being down by that much, Campbell could have easily folded. But you see the resilience in this team and for Mike Mentor's program the time to win is now and they've started to prove that a little bit and we'll see what they can do this week as they head up well they head to barker lane stadium right across campus it's not an away game but one of four home games for the camels this year let's touch on that for a quick second you only get four home games this whole season with all the realignment you're changing conferences you had william and mary as a non-conference opponent already on your schedule for a home game and then they slot in. So that slides into a a home game for you that is already automatically going to be on your schedule. So you only get four chances to play at home. Campbell obviously dropped the season opener against number five, William and Mary, but a chance to bounce back here and be able to pick up the first home win of this season. Campbell also welcomes in Maine to Barker Lane Stadium on October 21st, as I touched on earlier. And then the second to last game of the season, Campbell welcomes number 19 Delaware to Barker Lane Stadium for senior day. So another ranked opponent as of right now on the horizon later in the season. But as we touched on, if Campbell can take care of business this weekend and have a huge matchup next weekend, look, Dylan, we've already seen a lot of stuff that's different about this team than than past teams. So, hey, maybe this can be where Campbell elevates themselves and really takes that next step. But the future and everything for this team is ahead of them, and we'll see how that plays out on Saturday. Dylan, let's talk about this Elon team. This is a team that went to the FCS playoffs a year ago. They got booted early, but they are led by fifth-year head coach Tony Triskiani, and he knows how to win. Every time that Elon has been to the FCS playoffs, he has either been the head coach or part of the staff for the Phoenix. So in one hand, you know what you're going to get, but it's a philosophy and a program that knows how to win. And the Camels will be tested early on Saturday. Dylan, I'll let you preview a little bit about the Phoenix and then we'll get more into it as we dive in. Yeah, the the Phoenix um, kind of rough start to the season. One or two, um, they played at Wake Forest. Um, never easy to play at Wake Forest, even though they've had to change a quarterback. Um, it's a big FBS school. Still a lot of kids that were there from last year, minus Sam Hartman. So um, they they took a, a brutal thirty seven to seventeen loss. And then I think the most brutal, and this is where my eyes kind of open and I, I salivate because. Uh, uh, I this is where I think the Camels have the edge. So they went to Gardner Webb and Gardner Webb beat them straight out. Um, even though it was close at the end, 
Gardner Webb took it to Elon and and got the win at, at in Bowling Springs. So, um, yeah, I kind of looked at some footage at that, and um, I think the Campbells are going to be looking at footage of that and old Big South O that Campbell has beaten in the past, and they know how to beat Gardner Webb, and Gardner Webb knows how to beat Elon. So, I think Mike Benner's going to be rolling that footage um, for the guys. Um, this week and then they they totally annihilated uh nc a and t um in elon so 27 to 3 uh win for them they average about 24 points a game um and they're kind of mixed um they average about 163 rushing yards per game and about 147 passing yards per game which leads around 310 yards per game um they haven't had like the the huge breakout game you can consider garden web probably that but they've just been kind of in between they haven't there's not one particular um thing that stands out about elon um they've kind of cycled through a, a couple quarterbacks um their main one is led by matthew downing um but he only averages 91 yards per game um which is a, a you would say down for a quarterback, but they've mixed through a couple different quarterbacks. Um, I think two quarterbacks have four games or three games played. Um, and there's one that they mixed around with, uh, with Wake Forest and A&T. So, uh, but Matthew Downey's probably going to be the one uh, trotting out for the Phoenix uh, Four touchdowns, two, de- two interceptions for him. He has 58 uh, percent complete percentage. So um, I'm, I'm salivating for the uh, Campbell cornerbacks. Uh, they're going to be looking to be ball hawks in that game. Um, the leading rusher, Jalen Hampton, uh, threw her 19 yards um, in, this year. He averages 106 per game. So he's going to be the main guy you're going to, you're going to want to watch, watch out for um, if they, if Downing hands the ball off and then you have Jordan Bonner, her top wide receiver, 136 yards um, and, and three games with two TDs. So um, I, I think for the Campbell defense, you're going to be salivating at this. Um, Elon's not what they were last year, uh, but they can come out and surprise you. So I, I, I don't say don't blink, but um, I think the Campbell defense is just going to be salivating at the fact that um, this is a very winnable game for the defense and just makes the defense stronger. Uh, in terms of the defense side, um, they're very good on defense. Uh, they have a lot of guys with a double digit tackles, about eight of them on double digit tackles, which is um, good to see that um, a lot of guys are ball hawks on this uh on this defense for the Phoenix, uh, led by Bo Sanders. He has 19 tackles. And then you have Marvin Pearson, who is trying to make a case for CEA defensive player of the year um, already. 15 tackles, five and a half TFLs, and three sacks. So he's going to be trying to get to Hodge Malik Williams um, early and often, uh, especially on first down, so they can make it a long second down and just make it a longer third down. So, um, I, I, the defense is going to be the star for Elon. Um, and I think this is going to be a defensive struggle um, in this game. So um, I, I think uh, don't count Elon out, but I, I think this is a very, very winnable game. Um, if you're, if you're Mike Minner uh, looking at the schedule. 
Yeah, you look at the defensive side of the ball, they are pretty stout. They rank 44th in the nation in scoring defense, allowing 24.7 points per game. For comparison, the nation's leader is William & Mary, who has only allowed six points per game. And you look at that William & Mary alluding to our offense. Campbell put up 24 against them, so you see what they've done to the other two teams that they've played. They allowed uh, Charleston Southern this past weekend to just one touchdown, and that wasn't even on offense. Um, that was a crazy game in itself with a brawl at the end. Um, one touchdown in a brawl. <laughs> yeah. Jumping back over to this Elon team. One thing to keep an eye on with this defense is they rank 99th in the nation in red zone defense. Um, so if Campbell is able to get the ball in the red zone, which the explosive offense has been able to move the ball down the field, they expect the Campbells to score in the red zone. That is 15th in the conference. So they definitely struggle once you get down inside the red zone. So if Campbell's able to move the ball early, they can score early and just kind of take advantage, get the crowd into it, and just have a, another great week inside Barker Lane Stadium. Dylan, let's talk about Campbell now being in the CAA. We've talked about it for years. Campbell's had kind of a rivalry with High Point. Yeah, you know, a little bit of rivalry with UNCW, even though we haven't been in the same conference. But High Point didn't have football. UNCW doesn't have football. This is a chance for Campbell to establish a real rivalry moving forward in all sports. You get Elon in all of the CAA-sponsored sports, and it's going to start on Saturday when Campbell faces the Phoenix. You know, very similar schools and size-wise kind of demographics. Granted, they're kind of like High Point. They have a lot of people from up north uh, that come down, but it's a great... um, partner to you know start kind of engage that rivalry with um i haven't really looked at their twitter or social media you know we have a i like to say it is a compact group on social media but we are loud um and you see that whenever especially when things are going good these campbell fans get riled up and hopefully we can continue that with football we saw that last year when the baseball team was up to number 10 in the country and what kind of traction that can get and the national buzz that you can generate. And that all starts with the Campbell fans on social media and in the stands. So you look at this Campbell game versus Elon. It's the new beginning for Campbell Athletics in this conference and a program and a school that you can generate a new rivalry with in all the sports. And that's something that I am looking forward to as Campbell welcomes Elon to the Creek on Saturday. Dylan, what are your thoughts on that? And just Campbell and the CAA as a whole, as we move and continue to innovate and introduce ourselves to this new conference. Yeah. Like you said, we're kind of looking for that new rival. Like you said, with, with baseball last year, it was once we got that hype and got all the way to number 10 and was looking to get higher, like these students, um, staff, fans are willing to get behind these teams like with and and I think you look at with football like Elon could be your potential rival um and you, you kind of look at the CAA it's kind of split Mason Dixon Mason Dixon line split in terms of uh what is going to be you kind of have the the south teams with with William and Mary and Campbell and Elon and Hampton and uh, NCANT and the rest are in the Northeast. So um, I, I think this is one where the, if you want to make the comparison, I think last year we were, we were really uh, 
we were really dogging on ECU fans for baseball. Um, I think you could, if Elon fans can and get about, get behind it, this will be your, I guess your Campbell Campbell to your ECU uh, comparison. Um, this could be your team that you're going to have a rivalry with. And um, I'm interested to see, um, like you saw with Colorado and Colorado state, uh, which was a fantastic rivalry game. Um, if that is going to turn into one of the rivalry games, not you still have in-state, but um, we're going to be looking for that rival in football, that that one team that you, you may not like the other person on the other side of the ball and the one that you kind of you circle on your calendar as, OK, when Team A comes to town or we go to Team A, this is where we show up and this is this is where we, we better, we better win. Otherwise like, yikes, we're going to get it a lot from the, the opposite school and our own school. So um, hopefully Elon becomes um, that type of rivalry in football. And, and like you said, we'll, we'll kind of have it in other sports. Um, UNCW, I think will become a rival in, in basketball, baseball, maybe if, if other teams turn up and, I mean, I think it will be UNCW. We've kind of seen it in the past um, when we played UNCW. That's the one that everybody kind of shows up to uh, to say this is our rival. Um, just short distance on I-40, 421. So. Uh, but I think for football, it's going to be Elon. Hopefully it's Elon because uh, they're always a great school and it's uh, the litmus test. Like you said, they made the playoffs last year. So it's going to be a litmus test in terms of where we kind of rank up in the CAA. We're not in the top tier because William Mary knocked us down. So you kind of look, I'm uh, looking at the, the standings right now. Um, we don't play Rhode Island this year. We play Delaware later on the year. Elon's right above us. We, we beat Mama. So we're kind of, we're, we're, we're better than mama. So Elon's kind of the next, next team we got our eyes on to say, okay, if we could beat Elon, then we're looking at the Delawares, the Rhode Islands, the William Mary's in terms of where we stack in this, uh, CAA football standings. Um, and I think it will gain us uh, traction moving forward next year when coaches are looking at the poll and say, Ooh, okay. Maybe we shouldn't rank Campbell that low. Maybe we should uh, put them just a little bit higher this year and kind of rank them in the top tier uh, of the conference. So I can't wait to see this game, and I hope the Campbell fans um, hear me now, turn up to this game, make it a rivalry game, because um, it'll be a rivalry game for years to come. Um, and, and let's make this one um, make this one a show, especially for uh, Elon coming into town. Yep, Campbell wanted to have more national exposure when they move to the CAA. You get that with being stretched all up and down the East Coast, and you, but you're also able to continue to cultivate those local rivalries, which is great. You've already seen some William & Mary fans. They still chirp here and there uh, whenever Campbell fans say something on Twitter about the, you know them getting the best of us the first game of the season, and I love that. Uh, you talked about Campbell and ECU fans last year. We still have some people who anytime that we say anything they from that side, they still come in. But that's great. That's the local rivalries that make it fun. 
and something that the camels can continue to generate and cultivate. Had a little bit of beef with the Monmouth Twitter page. Uh, I don't think they know the final score of the game. Uh, yeah, have they have they posted the final score yet? I, um, I'm just curious. No, uh, but they did post no? something the okay. day after, so uh, their social media team is alive and well, so that's good. Okay, um, just making sure. But yeah, so that's just the fun that you can, you can have on Twitter, and we definitely talk about it a lot in the pod chat and expand on it a little bit, say things that we don't want to bring out onto uh, the Twitterverse or X or Z, whatever. Uh, you want to call it these days you might have to pay for it soon um so we'll have to see what we do there um, but i i want to also bring up the fact like it, it kind of was a, a late late notice but campbell versus monmouth ended up on the number one ranked um in terms of broadcast viewer audience and they were on SMY, which is a big network in new york and then they got to NBC Sports Philadelphia, which is a fourth-ranked market. So it, it, Coach Minner wanted, um, like you said, national exposure. He got it this weekend, and he turned out to play on the number one market, number four market. Those markets are S&Y. Um, they do some Yankees games. They do a lot of Mets games. So there's a lot of eyes peeling on saying, okay, well, Sorry, Yankees fans. Sorry, Mets fans. Okay, they stink. Uh, let's watch this FCS team. Oh, they're in a banger of a game. That's what they want to see. Philadelphia Phillies are up there, but NBC Sports Philadelphia, like there's a lot of people in Philly that have that. And it, it was great to see that we were on the number one market and the number four market and getting national exposure. Yep. A lot of national exposure for the Camels, as I touched on. That's what the Camels wanted when they made the move to the CAA, and they are definitely getting that. And as we all know, the correlation between national exposure and recognition and winning go hand in hand. So we'll see if Camel can keep that up as they welcome in Elon for another CAA game on Saturday. Dylan, any final thoughts on Elon coming to Bowie's Creek on Saturday for a 6 o'clock PM kickoff that game is going to be on ESPN plus before we jump into some of our other sports. Yeah, I think we have, this is be the third to last home game of the year. So um, I think you, you got to turn up for this game. Um, Campbell fans, we need it loud. Um, we need the, we need Barker Lane stadium sold out to the max. I want to see on Twitter that we're throwing kids out um, at the end zone because we don't have any more seats left available. Um, we, we need it packed to the brim um, cheering on. Cause I, I think it, especially like if Elon comes into town and um, I, I can't remember the last time we played Elon when they came to town and if they ever come to Bowie's Creek, um, but if they come to Bowie's Creek and see, okay, they're here to play, it's going to be a good game because they'll turn up and then the Campbell defense and offense will turn up and and I, you'll see a lot of offense or a lot of defense slug match. So uh, be prepared to, for a defensive slug slugging match, uh, I believe it will be, and I, I'd be prepared for offense. This Campbell team could score a lot of offense, like Andrew said, points 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 this Campbell team knows how to put them up and it's going to be a good litmus test um 
against this really tough Elon defense uh, Saturday night at Barker Lane Stadium. Yep, it'll be a fun one on Saturday night as Campbell welcomes in the Phoenix to Barker Lane Stadium to kick off a new rivalry in CAA play. That game will be streamed on Flow, Flow Sports. I said ESPN Plus earlier, so sorry to all my friends at the CAA office. I'm still in Big South mode and still have a love affair with ESPN Plus over Flow Sports. But you can catch that game on Flow Sports, or you can get your tickets at GoCamels.com and be there in person and see if Campbell can continue their upward trajectory with a high-powered offense and this defense that is trending in the right direction as they continue to play together with all of that talent. Dylan, let's jump into some of our other sports, and I'll let you get started. Uh, I know we had a lot of action over the previous week. We'll try to breeze through some of this real quick. Yeah, let's. Uh, we had a lot of action, um, as you kind of see in the in the fall um, fall schedule. A lot of things kicking off, and I'll kind of kick it off with cross country. Uh, they went up to NC State for the Adidas uh, XC Challenge. Um, and so the it was just a Friday, and then Saturday a bunch of high schools showed up um, and were running. And, and so um, Friday were for the colleges. So I'll start off. Uh, there was two runs. Uh, start off with the the men's six uh, K Open. Um, Andrew Barnett was the top finishing camel at seventy sixth place. With a time of 20 minutes and 16 seconds, um, team finished 11th. So, congratulations, to Andrew Barnett. Um, I think he's just a freshman this year, so that's good to see um, him getting top honors for the Camels um, to begin off. And that's a good team finish. There was a lot of great teams out there. NC State, uh, I think Duke was out there. So there was a lot of great schools uh, out there. Uh, in Raleigh. Um, and then, uh, the women, uh, were right behind them with their 5k. Um, Emily Pierce was the top finishing camel in 70th place, uh, with a time of 1948 with a team finish of inside the top 10 in eighth place. Um, again, like I said, there's a bunch of great teams out there, NC State and, um, some others. So, um, uh, congratulations to Emily, um, for being the top camel with a night. 18 minute and 48 5k um i will head over to men's soccer men's soccer had uh two games in the creek this week um and they got it kicked off with on uh, the 12th um versus uh vmi came down to the 70th minute and um adam yusify uh with that winner um to give the camels a one zero win um on the twelfth um getting them their first win of the year. Um just a good way to kick off the week. And then they returned to CA action hosting a very tough Hofstra team on the sixteenth. Uh was a uh two two tie. Um was a great soccer game. Watched the highlights of that game. Um so it was uh great to see. Um the camel scored goals. Uh, just Hofstra was able to answer back, uh, but it was good to tie against a great Hofstra team. Uh, then I'll kick it off to women's golf. Women's golf was at the uh, golf week fall challenge, uh, which had a, a lot of great schools. Um, they were in it for the 10th through the 12th and they t- finished team, uh, team finished sixth place with the best performer being at least uh, a, a 
Alicia Olson uh, finishing at plus one, tied for seventh, uh, was the top camel. Uh, I think the the first place finisher for UNCW was at minus four, so she was right in it all the way to the end. So um, she she was kind of clawing at at the top and then just kind of fell towards the end. So, but plus one finish, uh, great. That was a tough tournament with a bunch of good schools. Um, there, so great way to kick off for the camels with the top, uh, top 10 finish. And then I will, uh, go to women's soccer. Uh, women's soccer had two games in the creek as well. Um, two CA, um, teams. And, uh, Andrew, I don't know if you saw this Northeastern game. Um, I saw the highlights for it and a 3 3 tie was just, uh, insane. <laughs> um, there was goals. They're really good. Yeah, left, right, and center. And Northeast is really, really good. Um, and that game was just an absolute banger to watch. And uh, I think the Campbell fans, I saw some of the videos, um, they were going nuts. Um, it was just goals galore. Uh, but a 3-3 tie for uh, against Northeast is really, really good. Um, and then they round out the week with a um, unfortunate one, uh, 2-1 loss to Townsend. Um which is it was a tough game. Townsend um was a really good team. Uh all the CAA teams were really, really good this year. And uh so the Camels uh with a two and four and three, um that's good to see as you're kind of heading into the teeth of the CAA schedule. And then we'll uh bring it back to volleyball um as they gained uh, I believe they gained their first first CAA win um at Delaware. They uh went up to two matches um, at Delaware on 16th and 17th uh, lost the first game uh, three to one, but beat Delaware three to one coming back. Um, so that's good to see uh, them get their first CA win of the year. Um, and hopefully that gains the momentum as they uh, also get into the, the teeth of the uh, CA schedule moving forward. Um, see these, weekend matchups at or are in the creek. So um, good to go at Delaware and get that first CA win for the uh, Camel volleyball team. Yep. A lot of action in the creek and a lot of action coming up for the Camels as men's golf uh, heads to VCU for the VCU shootout. That's September 18th and 19th men's soccer welcomes in. Close rival UNCW, as we touched on, that's on September 23rd. Women's soccer travels to William and Mary on the 21st and then to College of Charleston on the 24th. And volleyball rounds out the slate with two matches against William and Mary at home on the 23rd and 24th. And then, of course, as we previewed earlier, Campbell welcomes in Elon to Barker Lane Stadium on Saturday for a 6 p.m. kickoff. That game is on Flow Sports. Dylan, let's close on that. What are your predictions for this game on Saturday? Do the Camels get it done and continue their winning ways? Uh, I think they will get it done. Um, I think it will be a very, very close game. I think this will be a defensive slugfest. Um, I'm going to go with a score that will make Iowa and Iowa State fans happy. I think it will be somewhere in the 12 to 9 region. Um, I, I know this offense has been high powered, um, but this Elon defense has been there. And I go ahead and say that now with the preference of this game could turn into a big 12 game. If, 
if so chooses. You have to pick, Dylan. Last week you said it was going to be a defensive shootout, and I said no, it's not, and I was right. So you have to choose. Okay, so, I'll, so I'm going to choose can... a defensive. I'm going to choose okay. a defensive slug. Right, it's going to be an offensive shootout then. That's not yeah, because I'm choosing defensive slug match, and I will die on that hill until I get uh, proven correct. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a defense. I don't slide. care if you're wrong as long as the camels score more points. Yeah, I I think I I think we both agree this is a a win in the camel books. Elon is not the Elon that it was last year. I don't think their defense can hang with the camels' defense in terms of if this turns into a Big Twelve slug match. I think the camels can pull away, and they'll pull away late if it's that but i think it's just gonna be defense um i think you'll see a lot of defense in this game sacks tfls i think you'll fill up the stat sheet in terms of defense so i I think it's gonna be a iowa versus iowa state game um rooting on the side for uh a lot of points um here so i think andrew you already said but uh you think this could be an offensive slug match yeah, I think the Camels are going to come out and continue their prowess and just being able to score the ball on the offensive side. I will continue to ride that train until it stops. And talking about this Camel team, now is the time to get on the train and on the bandwagon. For baseball last year, we were accepting fans for a long time. But if you're going to be about this Camel football team, get on the bandwagon now and let's get it going. And let's see if Campbell can continue their winning ways on Saturday and then head into a huge matchup at North Carolina Central next week. But eyes on the prize for this week. Campbell welcomes in welcomes in Elon to Barker Lane Stadium for a 6 p.m. kick. Both of us have the Camels winning. You should, too. You should be there on Saturday. It's going to be awesome. And look, guys, this Campbell team is trending in the right direction. They're doing things that we haven't seen in the past, which is positive in all aspects. And let's just continue to see where this team can go one week at a time. Dylan, thanks for hopping on again. And everyone, thanks for listening. Everybody have a great week. Uh, support the Camels and roll humps. Pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it. And we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and, and fight through the struggle. Of it. <laughs>